For decades, industrial operations have used sensors to automate parts of the processes. In many cases, the automation was mainly in the collection of telemetry data. Most processes still required human interaction to push things along. In recent years, the convergence of IoT technologies with machine learning, artificial intelligence, the cloud, along with automation, have raised the possibility of putting smart IoT technology into business processes or workflows with the idea of automating these with minimum human intervention. In today's podcast for Future IoT, we speak with two Seth Riding, Chief Sales Officer, Global Sales for Telenor Connection, to talk about integrating IoT into modern business processes. Seth, welcome to Podchats for Future IoT. Thank you very much, Alan. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. In the context of a typical business operation, for example, a financial institution or hospital or government, what is the business value of IoT? There are general values that you can sort of see in all these different verticals. To begin with, I would say incre- increased reliability as well as predictability are something that are of great importance. Also being able to collect real-time data uh, that you can share in any way that you want uh, and with also whomever in a process is something that is of great value. Then you can also add new customer value that can generate new charging models towards users and then customers. We normally talk about the transition before actually selling a product towards selling a product as a service and obviously a service as a recurring charging model which uh, brings something new and sort of shifts the total business value and also the way that you operate your business those are the general things that i would see are are the main contributors i mean you start by mentioning a few verticals here and i think starting out maybe by the uh, the hospitals and the healthcare i mean we're living in a situation now that is very special with the whole the pandemic this is something that has been ongoing and we knew it was a high pressure in the beginning to get some vaccines out there and once these vaccines have been produced, they need to be distributed. And we are working with uh, several companies across the world, and I'm taking an example from Korea here with uh, Sanis, um, where they are connecting their shipments of vaccines. The requirements of vaccines on the distribution is that they are supposed to be kept at a very cold temperature, and we also know that they don't like bright lights. So you need to make sure that the whole distribution chain is intact in order to maintain the quality of the vaccine before it's the end destination. And by having a connected solution, you can make sure that you can secure that these things that you're measuring are on the right level. And if they're not, you will get information on this instantly, which means that you can sort of replan the usage and the production and also the orders of these vaccines. If you see that the ones that are going to arrive that are in shipment are not maintaining the right level. So that is obviously a great value for everybody that is involved in this whole business process. And also in the end, it makes sure that people get the vaccines at time. Also elaborate on things that are related to um, hospitalization where we monitor actually devices all kinds of different um, machines that are used within hospitals we have an example we're working with sony here that they have connected all machines in one hospital then you can show where they are located continuously this means that the staff they can see where they are are they on track to actually be moved to the right room where a patient is being prepared for some kind of uh, control or surgery and you can also from the management side and like the hospital owner side see the utilization of the machines. In addition to that, you can also know the status of the machine. This is a machine that requires to have 
some kind of fluids or other things in them continuously, you will see the level, you will see the quality, which means you can actually adapt predictive maintenance as well to make sure that you minimize the downtime as well as maximize the, the usage of the system. I think the, the last example that I want to take where we sort of talk directly about healthcare part is um, automated external defibrillators. Uh, you know, the ones where you sort of, if you get a cardiac arrest where you can get somebody sort of back to life with the heart stopped. These one have very high requirements also on uh, on functionality. Uh, and there are regulations now in place, both in Europe as well as in the US, where you need to monitor the, the quality of the machines continuously. By having these ones connected, you can also see from a remote position that they are working. You see if somebody has been tampering with them, you can also see if they used and so on. So, so this provides security within the system and also the ability to pre in a proactive way see from a management side that everything is up and running. So I think those those are some of the examples that, that I want to directly mention to when it comes to healthcare. On average, okay, let's take the average business or operations leader. Some industries like retail, transportation, logistics, and as you said, healthcare, there is some recognition already or experience with the use of IoT. But where you have industries that have not, let's say, for example, financial services, maybe, uh, I don't know, there are a few others, I guess. How do business and operations leaders in these organizations see IoT? And do they have any preconceived ideas that may hinder the adoption of, or integration of IoT into their existing? existing business processes. I think that there, as always, there are two sides to a coin and start with the negative side, which will be the risks. I think there, in some cases, are um, hesitation into moving into a, a new solution. You can take, to begin with, a technology. How do you want to connect your device? Your cellular, do you want Wi-Fi, do you want to use Bluetooth? What kind of cellular do you want? 3G, 4G, 5G, MBIoT, and so on. And there are many different versions. This goes back to the, the question about what do you actually want to achieve with your solution? What are the capabilities that are needed? 5G, very um, low latency, for example, transfer large uh, amounts of data. But if you want a CAT-M solution, you might have really low volumes of data and you don't have the same battery consumption on the device either. So that part, and as well as I would say security, you know that there are a continuous increase in threats and people that might not have a good intention when it comes to sort of tampering with connected solutions that are on the networks continuously. So I think those are two sides that are on the downside. On the other hand, we all experience connected solutions continuously. And our prediction is that there is going to be somewhere around 25 billion devices by 2025, which means that on average, five connect devices per person. Obviously, there is going to be a steep increase. And the pandemic has also shown us that the ones that had made or initiated the transition towards a connected solution pre-pandemic, they have been much stronger when it comes to continuing their operation through the pandemic. We talked before the interview a little about the lockdowns and the different quarantines measures and things like that. So I think one very clear example is smart meters. So if you have an electricity meter that's connected in someone's home, during a lockdown state, nobody was actually allowed to go out and do the readings of these measurements. You can't do the reading of the measurements and do the invoicing. If you can't do the invoicing, you can't make sure that this person are going to pay and have the funds to do it, which means that there might be a risk that the service might not continue, might not get actually the electricity continue going on. So if you compare between risk versus reward, I would say 95% of the people that I talk to, they see the reward as much larger than the risk. And I think also the transition that this, this is the development that everything is going in. So you really need to follow that. 
that trend. And, and, and I sort of looping back to what we talked about healthcare, we have an interesting system in place in Jamaica, where they have um, implemented a complete IoT solution when it comes to monitoring people that are uh, coming into Jamaica in terms of how are their health status, you know, to do the um, fill in the forms, uh, the arrival, so make sure that you have the right healthcare status, but then also making sure that you can see the vaccination status, but they also have trackers on the individuals, so you can see where these people are after they have landed. So if you have a stay home notice or a quarantine within your home, you can actually see that they are in that home and you can visualize all this information either in a system or through an app on a tablet or other kind of device. So that's a governmental usage of a IoT solution that sort of covers the whole spectra. Obviously within a process like that, you have many different involved parties. If people working at the airport, it would be healthcare, it would be ministries and governments and making sure that they can all see the same information and that you actually have it in real time. Adds a lot of uh, um, a lot of value uh, for this whole, whole situation, I would say. Now, you've talked about the leadership side and the operations of people who will get involved some way or another with IoT. What about for the CIO or the heads of IT now? Historically, they, from what I understood, they don't care about IoT because it's part of operations, they say, and, and somebody else takes care of that. But as you also rightly mentioned, security has become a very real issue in the last few years, particularly cybersecurity. So for CIOs and heads of IT, what do you say would be the challenges that they must address if called upon by leadership to say, hey, I want you to introduce IoT into our business processes, whether it's workflow or automation or, or actual operations somewhere out in the field. To begin with, uh, an IoT solution is something that the whole company needs to stand behind. This is something that obviously the CEO has, has to uh, endorse and drive. But it comes to sales, it, it comes to the, the financials, uh, moving towards a selling a service rather than a product, as I mentioned before. That sort of means that in general, you have a higher revenue over time, but it becomes more continuous revenue rather than a one-time revenue. You might see it from a customer side where you switch from a CAPEX investment to an OPEX investment over time. So the endorsement needs to be from the whole management team. Uh, and also when it comes to the operation and the, the transformation that you need to make. To sell a product, you do a lot of investment from your company up until the point of time where you actually sell the product. After that, it's not as relevant in general to maintain the customer dialogue and the customer contact. That means that you need to have a lower number of uh, employees within the service part of a company. But if you transform towards actually selling a service rather than a product, that means that the selling point, when the customer acquires the product, which will become a service, that's a starting of a relationship. That means you need to use the skills and the knowledge and the capabilities within the whole service division within a company. Going back to your initial questions about the CIO and the IT, I think I mentioned security before. You need to be very well prepared and have a good plan about security as one example. You might need to add capabilities within the company. There will definitely be new positions that needs to be filled when it comes to people that have special skills and knowledge within these areas. You also need to have a clear view on how you want to create your solution and how do you want to also continuously update that solution over time. Then we have the other side of that, which is our, which are the internal systems. You normally have some kind of business support operation systems in your stack. Are these ones complex? They tend to have, in many cases, lots of legacy, and then you need to make a decision. Are you going to invest in a new system? Are you going to buy something off the shelf from an external supplier? Or are you going to try to adopt whatever you develop into your existing systems? 
independent cases, we can see that these solutions as well try to tend, tend to get more and more complex over time. That means also that you have a lot of standardized components, even if it's hardware, software, protocols, and so on. So my suggestion would be to, to try to use things that are actually defined already that are, are out there in the field. You as a company, you should focus on the value that you bring, which is your specialty from before. You shouldn't sidetrack too far from where, what you actually have been for. Then you need to ex add these external components and also understand that you need to be part of an ecosystem. Things are evolving so fast and they are so complex in that sense. So you cannot do everything by yourself. And the faster you adopt to that kind of mindset, I think it's it's actually going to be on developing your solution and focusing on the customer value, which you're going to bring in that operations process where you have a strong service team that continuously interacts with your customer. It can be directly over either phone or something, but in the majority of the cases, it's through updated services through apps or network portals where you handle predictive maintenance, additional offering, as well as continuous of the actual service agreements uh, that you have um, with your customers. I think th those are centralized commitment by the whole management team and then addressing these specific areas by CEIOs and, and head of IT are probably what I would suggest them to do. Given that COVID's not going away, it's still evolving. So there's this understanding that the continuing uncertainties related to the pandemic is going to stay with us this year. Is now the best time to consider adopting IoT into the business processes? And if yes, what is the better approach to ensure minimal disruption to existing operations as well as minimal risk? As I mentioned, uh, the, the pandemic has clearly shown the difference between actually if you have started to adopt a smart solution pre-COVID or if you have not. So I would say there's no time to wait. Just get on with it. That would be the general suggestion. And I, looking from a from an employment perspective, I also see that we're now living in a time where you can much recruit people anywhere in the world as we have a lot of remote working, which means it's easier actually to hire, acquire competencies within the specific areas that you want to develop. On the other hand, there might be more complex situations when we have the limitations traveling or quarantines and so on to, to actually adapt these solutions in the field. There is a difference if you're going to connect a complete smart grid with a few million uh, connected devices in a country where you need to go out to all these devices and either change them or upgrade them with kind of connectivity module. Or if you, for example, are adding uh, connected components to a car, because you're still doing that within your manufacturing facility and you're rolling them out in through the uh, distribution network that you already have in place. So different things to be aware of depending on what kind of solution you're rolling out but sure this is as good of a time as any any to do it it might just take a little different approach on on how you actually do it what is your advice for cios and ctos to help them guide the successful adoption of iot into the business process and you i believe you mentioned actually some tips already in that so, so first of all, you need to focus on what value you want to bring. Without a value that is related to your connected solution, there is really no point of actually doing it. But in the majority of the cases, you see the value. But from there, create a specific plan on how you want to do this. On the other hand, you need to be agile. And you need to, I would say, try not to overcomplicate it initially. Create a solution that you can test and that you can scale and then start to roll it out. But also use existing solutions. Rely on partners in some cases that can 
what they are good at, which is normally probably not your core competence. Hardware, for example, buy established hardware that is already out market. Standardized prices have gone down over the last year, so that is definitely something that that is easy to acquire. And then the I think that the you need to have to support by the whole management team uh, initially, but you need to also have this throughout the organization. This is a transformation journey. And if you have questions or challenges internally in terms of is this the right financial model to move towards or something, there's going to be challenges along the way. So everybody needs to be, in a way, convinced that this is the way that we are and move in the same direction as a company. As a sort of a contradiction, saying at one and you need to have a clear plan and knowing how to do it. You also need to adapt to changes and you need to stay agile because, of, as I said, maybe the way that you're actually going to be roll this out to, a, to an ongoing pandemic or maybe changes when it comes to actual requirements or findings and learnings that you might have along the way. We talked about different kinds of connectivity solutions. You might think that Wi-Fi is something that is good. It is cheap. You normally don't pay for it. On the other hand, in many cases, this is a network that you cannot control as the owner of the product. This is something that where you have a dependency on a third party, which can be either that somebody changes the password or it can be that they don't have this right security protocols, as an example. But also speaking about either 4G or 5G, I mean, they have different capabilities. So, And if you test a few different ones, I don't think you should be afraid of changing. You really need to make sure that you have a product that is really functional. That might take a few different versions in order to get that going fully. Um, to conclude, connected solution is definitely the right way to go and it has a lot of value that will be brought over time. And uh, as I mentioned, there are going to be billions of connected devices. So I would say that the, the areas of interest are only limited by our minds. There can be value created in almost all verticals. Now, you spoke about partnerships and core competencies. What is Telenor Connection's value proposition as it relates to an organization's IoT journey? We primarily have two components, which is what we call managed connectivity as well as managed IoT cloud. Then we have over time increased additional capabilities where we have something that we call IoT complete as well. But managed connectivity is uh, that we have a um, multi-network solution that scales globally where we can have either one price point or one data size. Everything can be tailor-made based on the individual requirements of, uh, of the customer and the user. But this means that we have access to more than 500 networks in over 200 countries. So we can do that in a seamless way and we are the only interface towards our customer of, of providing this. And we will obviously maintain the relationships with uh, all the individual operators globally, both functionality as well as securing a good price for, for us and the end customer as well. Then the, the, the managed IoT cloud is something that we have built on top of uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services. So they have a, a number of different building blocks. So we have sort of put a top layer uh, on those, which makes it very easy and scalable and easy to adopt. So I would say that the general time to, to implement an AWS solution will be somewhere around six months. And we have predefined measuring points where your shop position and, and, and several other ones as well, which can be implemented by standardized protocol within a week. So I think getting something up and running in, in a fast way is something that is very easy to do with that. And, I, and that goes back also to what I said, like you talk about you have historical systems within a company, you have this legacy stack that might be quite complex at some times. Maybe it's easier to take something from some but that is providing something that you can do in a week to get it up and running rather than investing six months of something that is pretty complex. So we might have, in this case, a component that is easy to use. 
and gets it up and running, you could either use it for a demo or then you can continue to scale on it and build it continuously. That is obviously up, up to the company that we're talking about. So, but then our last part is that we're creating something that we call IoT Complete, which is where we take a complete uh, responsibility for a solution. So that means hardware, software, connectivity, user interface, as well as uh, operational support to the companies and customer. We sort of take responsibility for their front. This is something that primarily have been done in the Nordics. So, but we're looking at rolling it out globally as well. Telenor Connection is a subsidiary of Telenor Group, so it's a, which, uh, it's a Norwegian company where we have sort of two regions of interest, where one is the Nordic, where we have networks in Sweden, Finland, Norway, and Denmark. Then we have the Asian branch of this, where we have Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Malaysia, Thai, and Thailand as well. Used to have Myanmar as well, but that is going to be sold so uh, so uh, but also means means that we're a strong player on, on the global uh, on the global arena so seth thank you very much for joining us on podcast for future iot thank you very much alan it was really nice talking to you that was seth Riding, chief sales officer global sales telenor connection on the topic of challenges and opportunities integrating iot into existing business processes you are listening into podcasts for future iot as always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future IoT. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future IoT. Bye for now. Music.